Welcome moms of all stages. If you've ever thought you were a bad mom, if you have, you're in the right place. I'm Jody, your host. I'm a mom of four, a 20-year educator and behavior specialist, and certified life coach. On this podcast, you'll hear about family life at its best and at its worst and everywhere in between. We'll talk about mental health and inclusion and other hard topics, but most importantly, we will talk about how you can define good mom on your terms. You can show up as the mom you want to be starting now. Let's get started. Welcome back, moms. I was going to be sharing a interview this week for a podcast because I shared that I was going to be out of town for two different events, but I'm having technical difficulties. So what I'll do instead this week is I will share a little about the first event that I attended, and then I will tell you about my plans this week, and we will do the interview when I get the technology back up and running. (laughs) So last week I was able to travel to Austin and I went to a conference where there were other coaches and oh my goodness, I learned so much amazing information and I met other coaches in many different There's so many types of coaches out there right now. And I think it's, I think everyone does need coaching. I think for our mental health, the difference that it can make in people's lives is so, so much. And I, I was talking to my daughter about this actually, and we were talking about the differences between coaching and therapy and counseling and how at different times and different points in our lives, Sometimes counseling or therapy is just exactly what you we need for understanding, especially in times where we're going through something that is unexpected or is a major transition or is a major loss. I'm trying to think just, I think therapy can be really helpful when there's major events happening, but also it's helpful for mental health diagnoses and specialized kind of supports for those coaching is really more about being future focused and having practical ways to reach goals or to make improvements in your life from where you're at now and where you really want to be. And so I think that's why when I picked the way that I chose who I wanted to help and and the area that I want to help the most in, when I chose that, that one for moms in particular and moms who have kids that struggle, and now I'm narrowing it even a little bit more so that what I'm helping moms with is the actual effect that having behavior problems has on a family. And so what I want to help moms with is the relationship and the connection with their kids, even when they have neurodiversity or a mental health challenge of some kind that manifests with extreme types of behaviors. 
because that really does have an impact not only on the relationship between the child and the parent, but also the parents, their relationship is impacted. And then the the sibling relationships and then the relationships between the parents and the siblings, there's just so many things that overlap and relationships that are affected when you have a family member who has high emotional needs and is struggling to communicate what those are. And so they're acting out. And this doesn't have to be just kids that are young that have a diagnosis. It can also be for any family member. And it can be for family members who are going through something challenging and don't necessarily have a diagnosis, but they're still being impacted. And so I just wanted to share that I've, that I feel like I really want to help with not only the strategies for understanding the behavior in the first place that's happening, but then also thinking about once we understand behavior really well, how do we respond to it? And then how do we also take care of ourselves, which is such an important part of this whole thing, when we take care of ourselves as moms, and then how do we separate out taking care of ourselves, understanding the problem, and then taking next steps from there. And that I think is the most narrow, in terms of like the most narrow group or problem that I solve It's definitely behavior related and it's how the mom in the family can understand and take the next steps so that the relationships can be healthy in the family and she can also take care of herself at the same time. Okay, with all of that, I just want to also share that One of the things that I learned at the conference that I want to pass on to everyone is I learned some ways of thinking about our approach to anything that's complex. And I learned some ways to think about how we take action and not dwell on the problem or become like over-focused on how to take care of the problem or overanalyzing the problem. All of those things don't help us. But what does help us is understanding and simplifying problems and taking action steps to solve them and continuing to do that even if we don't have indications of success. And this relates so much to having a family where there are ongoing struggles. And as a mom, it's, it's emotionally so exhausting to try a new med or to go to the next specialist and tell the story again, and then try a different treatment plan and do the research for it. It's so exhausting. And we want to see results and changes quickly. And that's no different (laughs) than when we decide that we want to get on a health or fitness routine. We want to make changes there and we want to see results quickly. And we often do not. (laughs) Or if there's other areas of our life, um, if you're working on a relationship with someone, that's another one that, you know, we 
We want to see those results when we put some effort in and we make a decision to improve something. It's like we do that for, we take some action step and do it for one or two days and we think, okay, why aren't things better? (laughs) Right? Why aren't I losing weight yet? Or, you know, with the behavior problems, like they're still throwing tantrums, nothing has changed. So, I learned some great tools for that. And one thing I wanted to share this week, just very quickly, one of the first ones is this is a strategy I've shared with you before also, but it's really what I like to think of as challenging the thought because everything that we think, we don't have to believe to be true. And we just sometimes or most of the time, think that our thoughts are true. If we think it, then we think it has validity just because we thought of it, you know, that we thought it. So what I mean by that is right now, I feel like the body shape that I have because I have put on weight again, and this is an ongoing problem that I'm that I'm working on rethinking about. And, and, but my original thought is that I don't like the shape of my body and it's a problem that I've put weight on again. The problem, when I offer that thought to my brain, my brain wants to give me all kinds of evidence to prove that, that thought to be true. And so as soon as I say it, I don't like my body right now. I don't like the size and shape of it. I shouldn't have put my weight back on. And I just start going through this whole menu of thoughts that go along with and support this original thought that I had. And what I can stop and think and challenge is that original thought. And I can say, okay, my body has changed. This is a true fact. And bodies do change. Weight does go up and down as bodies change, as bodies age, as habits change or hormones change. When these physiological changes are occurring in the natural order of things of life, then we can also notice that There are changes within the makeup of our body, more or less muscle tone, more or less fat cells, more or less water, more or less skin folds. There's just, you know, these are physiological changes that do occur. And so the more that I just check the facts and I talk about that as a physical change that has occurred, I don't have to put as much judgment on myself and I don't have to believe the original thought that that is actually a bad thing, right? We have heard a lot of things about health and we have heard that there are studies about the ratio of fat cells and whether or not that contributes to heart disease or other types of illnesses. And there's also another bank of research that says that the ratio of fat cells to muscle cells is not an indicator 
for high blood pressure and diabetes and lots of other things as previously thought. There's a lot of information out there that actually supports that health of a body doesn't have anything to do with weight. And I personally still feel like there's some discomfort in my body and there's some, whether it's my perception and my self-concept of the size and, and the ratios of fat cells to muscle cells in my body, or if it's just, if it's just like when I bend over and I feel in my stomach more weight and that like reminds me that I have more weight or just in also in exercising and going up and down the stairs, I notice that there seems to be more strain on my body when my body is heavier. And so there's things like that that I can challenge and I can stop and think and say, no, what's really true for me is that I, not that I want to beat myself up and, and have a bunch of shame and, and I, you know, tell myself that I am a bad person. I don't need to do all of that. But I still can say, I am at a size and shape right now and a health routine, like the way that I am showing up for for my health in terms of what I eat and drink and ex- and the amount of exercise I, I get every day is not at the place that I like it. When I am really feeling like I'm nur- nourishing my body and nurturing my body, taking care of myself and focused more on health and fitness, I know that I feel better. I know that there are endorphins that are released and there are other chemicals. I think that my body just responds really well when I eat foods that don't necessarily change to fat in my body. And I also feel better when I drink more water And I feel better when I exercise. So I know that these are things that are true for me. And I can say those thoughts and believe them without judging myself or making it a big deal that my weight has fluctuated up and down my whole life. I can say that I'm an emotional eater and I can have judgment for that. Or I can say I'm an emotional eater and that's an interesting habit that has developed for me that comes up and I can be curious and I can wonder how it came up again in the last year and a half. And I might even say, you know what, considering a lot of the things that were happening in the last year and a half, it makes a lot of sense that emotional eating was a factor in some of my habits and It also makes sense that if I think about and, you know, just write down generally what I, what I have eaten and how much water I drink and how much exercise I get and the fact that I'm going through menopause. So I have hormonal changes as well. It really makes sense that this last year and a half was a time that I put more weight on. So This is something that I am just sharing with you personally. Um, I have shared it before on the podcast and I shared that one of the things that made a really big difference for me initially was how I applied coaching principles to my 
thoughts about my body, my relationship with food, um, my story around emotional eating and body shaming. And the truth is I am a work in progress as far as this topic goes. I've, I've really, really, um, allowed myself to get into some negative thinking patterns around it. Get, I have gotten stuck in some thought loops in recent weeks and I struggle with just with, as I said, the being at what I could say is, is a true fact. I am at my highest weight, which is just a number on a scale that is measuring the amount of water and bones and tissue and, you know, things that are in my body. <laughs> so even when I say that, I can neutralize that to say that the number on the scale is higher than it has been for me in other times in my life or any other time in my life. And it makes sense that it is because we know about the physiological changes that happen when we have certain eating habits and exercise and hormonal changes in our life. And so it makes sense this is going on for me and there are things I can do about it that I want to do about it. So what I'd like to do differently this time when I approach it is I'd like to go back and think about the last, at each iteration of all the things I've tried, Weight Watchers and like South Beach diet, low carb, keto, um, so many different ones. Um, I can go back and look and say, oh, you know, this is what I learned. This is a pattern for me. And my body really does do well when I do salads and I don't even worry about sugar-free dressing. I just use full fat dressings and salads and I, and I just have them be really hearty. I do protein in my salads and... I don't worry about what I'm putting in my salad, but when my when I have a salad that's hearty and I really enjoy my salad and I plan on it for my meals, if I do two hearty salads a day, one for lunch and one for dinner, my body really responds well to that. And I don't really have to worry about like if I put bacon on my salad, like I don't go crazy with bacon and cheese and, you know, and I, I pretty much stay away from too much like croutons or things, but for the most part, I can just have a salad and I don't have to worry. And my body really likes that. I do also know that my body doesn't do as well with bread and crackers and rice, potatoes, definitely fried foods. My body does not do well, like French fries and tater tots and things. But my body does fairly well with pizza. Um, I don't eat a ton of it, but if I have a slice of it with a side salad, it does well with that. When I say it does well, it means that I don't have after effects of it. My stomach doesn't hurt. I don't get bloated. I don't overeat it. Um, I'm satisfied when I eat it. And then I, if I'm trying to lose weight, I tend to watch, you know, when my hunger signals come and when I'm full and I follow those, I tend to lose weight when I eat foods that I do well with. And I know after all the years that I've done this, which foods do better for me and which foods don't. I also know that 
it isn't a natural habit for me to stay hydrated. I'm just a person who has to remind myself and get into a habit and I've never been really good at staying hydrated. But it's something that I know I feel better when I do and so I can try strategies to help myself remember to drink water. I think it's partly because being a teacher, it was just hard to use the restroom and if I drink water a lot, it would be really uncomfortable to have a full bladder and not feel like I'd le- I could leave my classroom. So that was just, I think after all those years of teaching, I, I trained my body not to drink water and I just stopped drinking water. So um, I think that's part of the problem. I just wanted to share, this is what's going on for me and I'm... I'm looking forward to sharing my journey with you and just being open with you about it. I think it's such a common thing and there's so many thoughts that we have about it. I personally, as I, like I said, I have done this so many times. I have been so motivated and I've gotten started and I've been able to take the weight off. And then I have almost immediately put it back on gradually every single time that I have done it. Sometimes it has taken me six to six months to a year. Sometimes it's taken me two or three years, but every time before this last time that I have gained weight, I have put it back on after I've lost it. And so what I am so looking forward to as I'm not going on a diet this time, what I'm doing instead is I am learning how to listen to my body, how to love my body and respect my body and nurture my body and find what foods it does the best on and and then get to a size and a shape and a ratio of muscle to fat cells that feels good to me, that just allows me to feel good in my own skin and not be so obsessed about points and calories and ratios of fats to salt to sugar. And, you know, I just, I want to not be obsessed and not have diet mentality. And I want to also not have any body shaming. So I'm going to be sharing that journey with you, not on every episode, but periodically in the next few months. Thank you. I know this went a little longer today, but I just wanted to give you the update and thank you for listening in. If I, if you have any questions or if you want to do this journey with me, um, please just respond to when I post about the podcast, just respond to it and say, I'm in and we will do this together. And I would love to hear your journey and we can do like water challenges and things like that. If that would be something you'd be interested in. Okay, have a wonderful week and I will be back next week. I am heading out to a girl's trip to Arizona and I am so excited for some sunshine. If you like this podcast, please rate and review so we can spread the word to other moms who are going through the same thing. You can also find me over on Instagram. You'll find links to my website there, information about my coaching program, and free resources. Thank you again for joining me. Have a great week, and please rate and review.